This is a first for me. Uh, it'll take a moment before I bring on the other hosts to uh, pay our respects to uh, one of our past guests, a good friend of ours, um, true gentleman, Mr. Rob McDougall, passed away tragically this week. Uh, one of the only guys I've ever known in art uh, where his, uh, his personality was more colorful than his artwork. So, world-renowned sports artist and, uh, and quality guy. Uh, you'll be missed, buddy. Rest in peace. God bless. Uh, I think it's a hockey podcast, so why don't we start talking about the Blue Jays? <laughs> Roll right Toronto into sports. So yeah, That's, Toronto sports being what it is. Uh, it's literally what I said. I was like, I'm sick of Toronto sports teams getting my hopes up for absolutely nothing. Yeah. Now, when I looked at the out of town box scores, I was actually kind of because I mean, clearly they were going to win their game today. Uh, yeah. And when I seen that the the Red Sox were behind the, the Nationals, I, were up, I was like, this, there's a, there's an outside chance here. Not to mention the fact that Tampa Bay is playing and they can explode at any time, and it just didn't happen. And you know what? I, I was at the Jays game. Maybe I'll maybe I'll bring this up. I was at the Jays game back in August when uh, against the Tigers, runner on second, two outs for the Tigers. Routine ground ball to Semyon. He one hops it to Guerrero. They tied the game to Tigers, and then he went on the extras. And I'm thinking, if that game had to go to Jays, like you, I, you always win some that you shouldn't win. You lose some that you should have. You shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one where. I would have made that play. And yeah. I'm like, another half game would have helped today. Yeah, but wouldn't it? Anyways. That's all it took. And, like, I just don't understand for such a good team. I guess just that skid they had a few months ago was. That was enough, yep. Oh, it's not meant to be. And, I mean, I, I got to say that about the Leafs, too. Like, when, my, when I watched that series, like, how many times me and Adam looked at each other and said, like, like there's just nothing – that we could do between the injuries and just the shit that happened it's just kept piling up and i guess yeah you look at the blue jay season it's the same same idea right yeah it is You're and, too late. And just like the leafs man the jays are incredibly young their core anyway yeah um and you know to have the kind of season the, 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 the parallels between guerrero jr and austin matthews when it comes to the quality of player that we've got there is i mean it's the same it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy in his early 20s who's absolutely decimating all, leading in – did he finish in, in lead home runs or was there – Five with uh, Salvador Perez, I think. Yeah. yeah. But Unless Perez called. did a home run today, I don't know. Yeah. But, he, but I mean, point, that's, he, that's irrelevant. The fact of the matter is he's he's the, the premier home run hitter in the league, certainly in, yeah. our, in, 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 our, in our little division. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, what do you do? Like what do you do? Yeah. You got just got to wait. You got to wait. Not and, meant to be. No, not this year. And uh, no. they, that uh, Teoscar Hernandez, probably one of the most underrated players in the league, just a simply oh, amazing yeah. ball player. You know. Yeah, I love Teo. Middle infield. I don't. What yeah. are we gonna do next year? Do you think? I know this is a hockey podcast, but uh, what do you think? I mean, with the whole Simeon situation, do you think he sticks around? I does saw, he go I, looking I, for money? I'd sign Simeon and and let Ray walk. You know what you think? Yeah. I was almost thinking the same thing. I'm not a big fan of Robbie Ray, and I feel like See, I was, I'm in the mi- minority when I say that. I'm the other way. I'd let Simeon walk and sign Robbie Ray because, to me, pitching trumps all. True, true. That's, that's just me. And that's, that's been always been if my anything, take. the last few games of the season there, the ones that we really needed to win, the bullpen was what kind of lost the games for us. So yeah. I don't want to be given a seven-year contract. God, it just came out of one the year. That's my problem. Yeah, no, that's, and that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. it's a good that's problem true. to have. If 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 they keep one or the other, I'll be happy. You know, like it is what it is. Yeah. is both are great players. They're both impactful players, and I'm, I love the attitude of both guys. Completely different attitudes. But like I said, yeah. I love Robbie Ray's. Just he's just got a terrible attitude, and it's so awesome. You know what I mean? Like everyone I hates him. That's why I'm not a fan of him. But at the end of the day, I'm a fan of him as a player. I guess I should say. Played right? in the league, man. You still got Berrios, Rue. And Manoa there. Nate Pearson should be vying for a spot. Like I'd rather I'd rather give those extra starts to Manoa. I think I think he could really. I do love it. him. He's yeah, my favorite. He's my favorite starter for sure. Crazy, crazy good. Slider. He's just a kid. 
just yeah, a kid, again, right? so. crazy young. So there's your parallels. Let's not beat it to death. Yeah. So, uh, took them the last game of the year to get mathematically eliminated, so here we are. <laughs> uh, but this is a hockey podcast. We're going to talk some hockey. Uh, first and foremost, we got to welcome back Patty. Patty's been our... Patty's been on almost as many podcasts as I have now, it seems like. so. Uh, yeah, or at least I have. <laughs> well, for sure. It's, he's, he's, he's catching up fast. So he's our unofficial fourth host. Uh, fills yep. in whenever, we, whenever he can, and uh, we're glad to have him back. But more important than Patty, believe it or not, there is someone out there more important than Patty, and that's PHG Sports. They're our, uh, they're our sponsor out of Ontario. Uh, great guys. If you're looking for signed merchandise, hand-signed gear, uh, that's where the pros sign PHG Sports. So check them out on Facebook or on www.phgsports.com. Uh, again, thanks to PHG. They've been our uh, first season sponsor, and we're still in season one. So uh, anyway, yep. guys, without further ado, titter-tatter, let's get at her. I guess let's let's bust right into this Leafs talk. Let's talk about uh, the preseason first and foremost. Um, I guess you guys have caught, at least I'm going to assume, knowing you guys as well as I do, you've caught some of the preseason games, if not all. Yep. Okay. Fair Only one I missed was the blue and white, but I did record it and I kind of fast forward through a lot of it and watched. So I did see the majority of it. So It was yeah. better than the All-Star game. It was fun. Like, yeah, it was fun. I mean... Nick Robertson smoking Marner. I know. I was just really that. that. That was crazy. Yeah. Like, and you know what? The best response was Marner wasn't happy. Yeah. No, he, he had just that kind of scowl. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I He's know. I liked it. Like, Robertson is vying for a spot there, so. Like, and I think that's in the heat of the moment. I think Marner was kind of like, you know, it's freaking, you know, it's, we're on the same team here. But then yeah. I think afterwards he appreciated it and was just kind of like, at the end of the day, this kid is trying out. And I mean, I yeah. give it to him. You just. You just checked like one of the best people on his team, so you got balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, I right? love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm such a fan. The, yeah, the problem, with, the problem with Robertson is like where does where does he fit? Because I remember yeah. years years ago when we had the St. John's Leafs here, and you had guys like Brandon Convery and really good scorers who would get called up. And they would put him on the fourth line, maybe the third line. They would never put him in a position where they were going to excel. They, they'd put him on checking lines, as, and they weren't those players. No. Um, so the problem with Robertson, and the Leafs haven't done that. They're putting him in positions where they they put him on scoring lines, but there's there's only so much room. Like you, You'd like to think Richie and Bunting's got the two holes in the top six taken. I don't yeah. think so. I don't, I don't think so. You don't? I don't think so. You... I, I, so well as they've played um one thing and we'll, we'll talk about the, the amazon series a little bit late a little bit later but one thing i noticed and it was such a tidbit little little bit of information that i've seen in all or nothing uh it, it was in very in one of the very first two episodes uh keith was in dubas's office and they were discussing some line changes or changes in, in the lineup and he happened to mention in passing this was before robertson was injured last year he happened to mention in passing uh maybe we try nick on the left side with mariner matthews and it, it just it went on from there it just it was just like a I little brief comment but it was the only thing i picked up from i was like yes that's what he needs that's yeah, the kind of player he is yeah so i really think if the kid comes out of a, a good successful eyes opening kind of training camp which he's on route to he's playing well i don't <laughs> see any reason why he doesn't Sorry. get a shot in that <clears throat> top six I'm, I'm i'm totally fine with that like yeah. Everybody's looking for a comparable of who do you, you replace Hyman with? And I think no. there's a number of, there's no, but there's I think there's a number of characters there like yeah, I was sad to see Hyman leave. You could never at least could never pay that. Even if he had the cap room available, I wouldn't have wanted to give him that money. No. Um, but no. I think Look what we got in place of it. Here. Like I think Bunting is a poor man's uh Hyman although they compared him to Tucker the other night. Um, but I, I'm, I'm totally fine with Nick Robertson up there. I, I'd rather see that kid get some, because uh, he can skate, he can shoot. He, he don't mind going in those tough areas. No. All characteristics of Hyman. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be fine with that. 
I mean, I, I don't profess to be a hockey know-it-all or any of that stuff. I mean, I follow the league as diehard as any diehard, I guess. But I'll, I'm first to admit when I've never heard of a guy before. And the first time I heard of Michael Bunting was when they signed him. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he only had a cup of coffee uh, in the league. Now, it was a great cup of coffee. He, mm-hmm. he scored like an animal. But uh, I never heard of him because he played on a team that I don't follow. He played he played in, in a division that I wasn't following. So in twenty one games or something. Yeah, too, eleven goals, so. twenty one games, something like that. So I didn't hear the guy before, and I so of course being like I am, I did my research and did my reading and, and everything else. And it, it, he plays that net front presence very much similar to Hyman. Uh, he's tenacious on the puck, similar to Hyman. Not quite as good on the puck yet, because nobody is. He's one of the better, but the better puck yeah. retrievers in the in the league. Look but how long it took Hyman that, though to get to that point. Exactly, it took him a little bit of time. He's older. Right. Um, but the one thing I will say that Hyman that that Bunting gets the upper the upper uh, hand in, he's way greasier, man. He's, oh yeah, yeah. greasy he's, rat. He's, oh, he's greasy. You can see it, and he, you can see he loves it. He just loves it. So, uh, he reminds he me actually, of Komarov in that way. You know what I mean? He actually has 13 points in 21 games last year. Okay, but 11 were goals. So that's, I mean, three. yeah, he had 10 goals, 10 goals, 10 goals, three assists. Yeah. So, and I mean, now since it says his NHL career, so I'm guessing that's just, uh, including this preseason because now it says he has 26 games plays so would that make sense if they played five games uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't factor no. in the no it just says back. nhl career oh wait maybe this is just showing like the previous year and then there's a, like a total yeah, okay probably that's probably a, just what's going on here oh okay sorry, a, sorry 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 he did play five games sorry he did play five games in 2018 19 yeah. with arizona had one goal yeah that makes sense he had a cup of coffee there um but yeah no i like bunting i think uh, i mean i like well first and foremost disclaimer i like dubas Okay, I love the I guy. I trust Dubis. The, the, the yeah. things that he does always amaze me, which leads me. Okay, so we're talking about the top six. We're talking about the left side in particular. Cause that's, that's I can't believe I can't believe we're at a point because if you if you talked to Ryan five years ago, Ryan, and I told you our biggest problem was the, the, the left side in the top six. Uh, I, five years ago, Ryan would have been like, "What are you smoking? Like you got no defense. You got no number one center. You got no number two center. <laughs> you know." Like, yeah. Um, and so now, anyway, here we are. So quick. Yeah, so it's a really good problem to have. It's not a hard. I love those first round picks. Yeah. Hey, bye. But, but so, like, like people, people are saying now, like, you look at the team that Toronto had last year versus versus this year, and the automatic conclusion a lot of folks go to is that this team is not as good as last year. And I, I, I don't know. Like Hyman I... is. The big, I, I'm not convinced. You, you've got guys there. Um, like if Kashe, they're established, Kashe you, they're, you know, Hosang, I don't know what established is, NHLers. So, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I, I too felt that way until I did see some of them in preseason action. And you, we have to remember that Marner, I mean, Tavares, those kids are probably, I should say, could say kids, but those guys are not out there working like dogs during preseason, but with the Buntings, the Hosangs, the Gabriels, whoever they are. Man, and I, I mean, so too. far, it's been great. I mean, there's a couple, um, Gusev's kind of been invisible to me. I haven't really seen him do a whole lot. He did in the blue and white game. He did show up there, I think, He's a good. couple times on the power play, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Bunting for sure has been the, 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 the biggest surprise of them all. I think, I think yeah, no, I was about to say the same thing you're, you're saying, but Patty, I know it is. Uh, the whole saying to me is 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 almost at the same standout level as Bunting. You know oh, I mean? yeah, he's been great. I mean, I I, yeah. uh, I I can't believe, actually, how good he is. I, and I shouldn't time. say that. I shouldn't say that because everyone, everyone knows he got the skill set. I'm just surprised he's put it together, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've been watching his his post uh, his post practice pressers and all that good stuff. The attitude is is clearly whether he's yeah. faking it or not. I don't care. I it's know. I I said that. I'm like this dude can't be for real. Cause see, I actually read it on Twitter before I seen the video, and I was like, this this dude must be full of shit. Like he's you know he's just trying to suck up. But then like. I seen the video and I was like, I actually think this guy might be genuine. And then he said it like a couple days later after a preseason game, he started off with like thanking everybody again and like, oh, Dubis and Keith wanted to get to know me and blah blah blah. It was it was it was genuine, I believe. Yeah, well, it it reminded me wholeheartedly of Alex Galchenyuk last year. Same mm. kind of thing. Came in humble, ready to work. Uh, it was explained yeah. to him because if there's one thing we know that Kyle Dubas is, is a great communicator. 
right? Probably one of the better in the league. Yeah, I mean, you talk sure. John Tavares and taking less money to come home. You know what I mean? Like he is a great communicator. There's no two ways about it. Um, so I think players respect that new age way of communicating. You know, the Lula Morellos of the world, while very effective, not always the best communicators from what I've been told. You know, it's, it's that no, old school, heavy handed way. And not to say it doesn't work, but I think the new age player uh, needs a little bit of a different approach. And that's why they've always said Sheldon Keefe is also a great communicator. Yep. Having watched All or Nothing, uh, I can see where he's a little bit of the little bit of both. There's 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 a there's a mix there in communicating. So, it's good, like I said, when you get a chance, Patty, I know you you're getting yeah. around to watching it. It's, it's definitely watch definitely it. a worthwhile watch. Just just because it's it's way more in depth behind the scenes than I was expecting. Same. I was, I was <clears> expecting <throat> some kind of a uh, edited cutesy kind of uh, because the Leafs are, are have always been traditionally a very guarded organization with what they release. This is not guarded at all um i don't know if you guys what well, on the <clears throat> sorry my voice is going very funny today on the talk about all or nothing i was reading something very intriguing today let me see i think i have it i do um it's on theleafsnation.com we have an article from nick barton i actually follow him on twitter he's uh yeah, he's a good guy. Um, so he, they actually were speaking to NHL chief content officer who shared his thoughts with them on All or Nothing and then what's actually best, uh, what's next, sorry, for the NHL. Um, <clears throat> I was going to read a couple of the quotes that he, they have here in this blog. I don't know if there's a video of it, but it's just have it here in a blog. Um, so... He said, okay, let's face it. The Leafs having that star power, having the cash cash of history having a very colorful front office they wanted to do that show said nhl chief content officer and executive producer of all or nothing steve mayer the compelling feature of how the season was shortened the north division there was a lot of cool pieces to this as well that amazon loved and off we went so there's a sort of dynamic of how it happened but you know everybody was especially at amazon focused on toronto there weren't any other options and then talking about the curtain being peeled back, he did say, he said, there are moments that I'm going, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we have to take out. We want to protect the personal interests of players. You work in an office environment, things happen in your office, those aren't for public knowledge. There are certain things that actually had to stay within the walls, but you do see the five shows, we do peel the curtain back. So there was obviously things that didn't make the cut. Yeah. But what they did choose, like, there's so much more. I will, um, I'll send it to you guys if you want to read it because it's quite long. But there's a lot of other quotes there. And he did speak about how, um, where did he say? They they weren't actually going to follow them every day at first. They were just going to show up, like, every couple days and take some show and footage. After, like, the first day, that was out the window. They knew they had to be there because they didn't know, like, when the moment was going to happen and yeah. um, talking about like how it was so hard for them to pick what uh, like games, I guess to put because 56 games. And he said, I can't imagine if we had to do an 82 game schedule because like it was just so much, so much stuff happened that they had to try to condense into five seasons. So the NHL actually wanted to do this. Like this was all the NHL. I thought maybe it was like an Amazon thing reaching out or something. But apparently it was the NHL who wanted to do it. Um, it said, um, since 2019, the NHL was seriously talking to Amazon about making it happen. About just doing, I guess, a series about a team. And then I guess when Amazon actually got on board with it, they were the ones who chose the Leafs. I guess the NHL was just open to any team. Like, just for What other team would you really... That's what I said. Unless you're going to go after maybe like Connor McDavid or something, because he's obviously like, I mean, the original teams, right? Yeah, that's what I think too. It would be a Connor McDavid show versus an Edmonton Oilers show. Right. Well, they're talking. Then also in the end of the article, our blog, I should say, let me go back, or I guess you could call this an article. Um, He's talking about. 
Okay, with All or Nothing being the NHL's latest venture, there could be other opportunities in the future. Uh, and I quote from the same guy, a player, especially our play younger players, you know, vibrant personalities, they're our future. How do we grow the game alongside them? And are they willing to open up their lives? Mayer said about the opportunity for the NHL to have a player-focused series next. He said, but that I do think is an absolute possibility. It's really important for the NHL. It's important to grow the game. So they're going to be doing a bunch of other stuff. And I guess this is the NHL's way of trying to maybe put the NHL out there more. Uh, maybe try to put it in the lines of like, you know, NBA or something or even. Well, they anyway. did it years ago. With the 20, was it 24-7? They did. They did a thing for the Road the to the Winter Classic. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And they also did um, a, the Stanley Cup one. I don't know if it was. I, it was, I don't think it was this, this year, but it was last year, I think. For It was the Lightning. So one of the two years. Um, I think they followed them all playoffs, but I don't, it, I didn't watch it. And I don't think it was half as in depth as what this was. I can't remember which guest it was now that we had. I honestly can't, but it was not so long ago. One of our guests spoke to that, that the NHL is trying to peel back the doors of the old boys club. You know what I mean? Trying to open yeah. it up, make it more accessible and man, oh man. <clears throat> so they was, should. Was that all or nothing accessible I, I was i was floored I, even Me like too. episode one i was like whoa uh, that's not what i was expecting well, right i don't know if you caught on steve dangle podcast um youtube there they had a couple like premiere episodes leading up to this like they showed us five minute clips of the first thing they showed us was the first five minutes of episode one and then the second thing they showed us, like sneak peek, was Keith's speech during the playoffs, which was like, yeah, I know, the Holy. best speech I probably ever heard. I had to watch ever. It. Yeah. Oh, you have to watch it. I'm sorry, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but um, anyway, I even just watching that, I was already like, holy shit, this is going to be madness. Like, it's going to be. Keith curses a lot. I will. I will warn you. So probably not watch it with Nora. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, he curses a lot, and not just him. They all do, but Especially more than him. he curses way more than I ever expected. Like people said, oh, he's soft. He's he's not a player first coach. Yeah, yeah. No, mm -mm. you are going to have a whole other appreciation for Sheldon Keith after this. Man, <laughs> at one point there, he, he called out Austin and Mitch and yeah, and in the yeah. Locker. He's was, like, after, after one getting... of the bad games that they had in yeah. the playoffs, right? Your uh, and getting, it was like there was there was no accountability was there, man. And I was shocked at 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 how how it was actually rolled out. But again, there was a lot of fun in behind the scenes stuff too. Yeah, so, it was. No, it was super fun. If uh, if you haven't watched it, ladies and gents, uh, suggest don't turn off the podcast and go watch it. But after the no, podcast, but check it out after this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you, Patty. Don't turn off the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We're, we're I'm like, it was so good that I only finished it today, and I would start watching it right now again because I want to rewatch it and actually like, I guess, pay attention to more things because I was just you know so kind of in awe over everything. And we should have all got together and watched it. Did a live, did a live, live reaction to live it. reaction. I, I, yeah, I was, I was floored. I was actually floored. I thought it was so well yeah. done. Uh, it it makes me feel better though about the loss because I honestly think like did you there's a part of it where I'm not sure who the guy is if he's an equipment manager or a medical staff or something but he's there in the boardroom Ryan and he's saying about the demons he said these guys got demons in their in their uh he said in their cars under their beds in their closets and their biggest demon right now is themselves oh yeah yeah that was that was Paul McLean assistant coach yeah and mm. he. It was just like, man, it's so true. And I honestly think that, what I don't know. I think it was because you know how they would have like the Sportsnet radio like overhead like when they were showing stuff. I don't know. I think it was some somebody on that had said um, that all all they were or are they are all they are that night was a bunch of nervous, um, what they say, anxious, nervous, like team, like for game seven right like they just they did not come into this with any kind of confidence they were just nervous i think because of this the whole game seven we were up three to one like what went yeah wrong? should have never got that far but anyway what we digress happened yes we can't for, no i'm not looking getting for that backstory no go back to episode i think it's 24 the autopsy episode watch that yeah. i can't listen to carly cry on here no <laughs> don't let me do it again don't <laughs> yeah but back to the preseason. We're getting we're yes. gearing up now. We're heading into uh, into another season of Leafs hockey. Uh, we've had a lot of departures. Some key pieces, like we mentioned, Hyman's out. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest noteworthy one, I guess. But uh, 
Jumbo and Joe. And Bogo. Um, Bogo. These are yeah, people Jumbo. who were keyed in on her during that series, during that, uh, that, that documentary as well. And uh, and big presence, big time presences. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know about... They haven't really replaced those guys with the veteran leadership that they did bring. So... It seems to me like the team, because Dubas is constantly changing his model. That's one thing that I love about the guys. He don't he don't just pick a route and stick to it and die yeah, by that like, route. It's not working. Okay. Yeah, try yeah which is good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's what yeah. you want. And uh, so I'm just wondering, you know, coming into training camp now, what are, what are we going to say? I think the moves that have been made are done. I can't see a big any kind of a noteworthy splash before opening night. We're too close. Um, so I was kind of expecting it maybe in the first couple of days of training camp, maybe there might be a player out playing or something. Who knows, right? I was just yeah. wondering. Uh, but it looks like this is the group we got going forward. So my question to you both, I'll start with Patty, I guess, because he's uh, he's our guest host. We talked about Bunting. He's a, I think he's a lock to make the team. Clearly Nick Ritchie. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, but they got your contracts. Out of the other guys you've seen auditioning, mm-hmm. um, who do you think actually makes the roster? Um, so I think Kasha makes it like these guys got NHL contracts. So you, you may dump them in the AHL or want to put them to waivers, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, unfortunately, or fortunately, they have an option with Robertson that they could send him to the AHL, but like there's only so many times they can do that. Um, yeah, I think of the, of the two that gets a, on, on a con, on a, PTO right now is Hosang and Gusev. I think Hosang gets it. I, I don't think Gusev gets it. Um, but then you look at Adam Brooks, like I, I want that to see the kid playing. Yeah. Like he was so I love good. him. Like do you do you see Wayne Simmons sometimes on the outside looking in in some of the lineups? I I don't know. Like, Honestly, I like, he's not like he's not really that impactful other than he brings no. a bit of grit like what else does he well, bring? i think i think we really need to see a full season of wayne reasonably healthy too that Maybe, broken wrist yes. really sidetracked him <clears throat> bad man hurt yeah, i mean year. and he didn't just break a wrist like he snapped it off like yeah. it was bad I, it, I, like i didn't think i thought he just had like a puck kind of hit him and you know a little crack he, in the wrist but like he it looks like he it was a bad break if, if i got any fear i think it's net five six during on defense i think and people will laugh. I think of the players that they did lose this year. I think surprisingly, Bogosian may be a, uh, I really, really liked him. I thought yeah. he served his purpose. I thought he was really, Welcome. really good. And you know what? They didn't replace him. And I, I like Sandine, I think, uh, like, I think he's replacing for Raleigh. That's going into the season overall. That's my biggest concern is Raleigh that they didn't do mm-hmm. something over the summer. Um, so now they play him at his contract and you, and you may see him. A similar situation as Hyman because I, I don't know what if I want to give Hyman uh, if I want to give Riley nine million bucks. No, and I don't. I oops, I don't see how he's worth that. Like I know other defensemen are getting paid like max dollars. It's just like he's got to get it somewhere. Maybe, but I just not with us. Maybe he needs something new. Look what happened to look what happened to Barry. I mean, he just yeah. Raleigh, oh no, okay, I shouldn't say that because Raleigh had a really good season last year, but this most recent one was just not as. Good. Ear, in my opinion. this episode, guys, because I'm going to disagree with Patty, which never ever happens. I very <laughs> I don't think he gets nine million elsewhere. I think I, I don't think he's worth it. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's not going to get close to that. Oh, but... maybe depends on the term. If they want to go seven million, I, I I'd entertain that. I don't want to mm. go over eight million for, for Raleigh because you know he's going to get seven seven or eight year money. Okay. And like I I don't know I the but the, the other problem they have is. There's so many good young defensemen that could have potentially been UFAs mm-hmm. are now off the market and all that, like a Seth Jones or something like that. Um, <coughs> like Sandin Sandin could, I think I'm confident he can be in your top four right now. I, I am too, honestly. Give him the opportunity. I'm, I think he'd shine. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. yeah. He just needs the experience now. And the only way he's getting out is by playing. Maybe and, the little glimpses. And listen, yeah. don't forget my favorite defenseman that nobody ever talks about, Topi Niemela, is just around yeah, the corner. Yeah, I know. Yes. Right? What happened yeah. to him? He's not there. I think he's injured. He must be maybe. injured. I'm not and sure. And as like Kivalami, like he wasn't there, but he's there today. Or like, has he been there all along? If so, he's been invisible. Yeah. For all his looks, and I thought he looked great. 
one guy that I, did, I didn't really know too much about, he looked really, really good. Crawl. So and that goalie, Calgren Cal or something, Calgren, yeah. that, that played the other night in the Blue and White game, holy smokes. Good yeah. for him. Like, he was actually pretty good. I don't think Riley is with the Leafs after the season. I think the like, combination I think, of the money he's looking for and some kids knocking on the door. Yeah. Like, how much does Muzzin get paid? Because I would take five more uh, Muzzins over well, Riley. Most of our middle middle defensemen are all getting paid at $5.5 million range. Like, I think that's yeah. where Brody Let's is. See. Muzzin, like, it's, like, I mean, Brody, like, Muzzin, all them. Like, why does anyone think more? Because he scores a few goals? Because, honestly, he didn't really do that last year. I don't think, did he? Like, he didn't get as much as he did the year before. So, like, what yeah. makes them worth that? I don't understand. Like, Kale McCarr and Adam Fox or uh, what's his name in that just signed in Vancouver? Uh, Hughes. Um, like, they are yeah. kids. So, like, I can see – I feel like the, the, the NHL is changing. It's the way that the, the contracts are being signed and they're getting paid to kids now who – before they even really prove themselves. Riley's already – he missed that opportunity, in my opinion. You know what I mean? To, to, to sign that max huge contract because it's just he's right in the middle of when this NHL is kind of changing the way it does things. That's been I don't know. That's a good thing for the Leafs because as funny as it is, the biggest problem that the Leafs ha have had because of salary cap is that Matthews, Mariner, and Nylander were so, so good in their entry-level contracts. They're superstars from day one. Yes, yeah. some question marks with Nylander and that. They got paid. Like, this has totally changed the dynamic of coming out of your entry level. Everybody says Nate McKinnon took a discount. He didn't take a discount. He, he wasn't, wasn't very good. He wasn't good in his entry level. No, so he, and he, he missed that. that soon as somebody, like the very first one being it was Nylander at the time. Well, honestly, Johnny T got paid a hunk. But we'll just say uh, Nylander got paid what he got paid. And then it kind of set the bar. And Nylander's yeah. on the lower scale of that bar. So, and people are like, well, if William Nylander gets paid this, well, I get paid this. And it's just what happened. And whether we started it, I mean, as in Dubas started it. Yeah. Who knows? But then they talk but, about it. I mean, McDavid got a take, huge one too, so. They talk if Mariner had to take a million or two less, oh, maybe we would have signed Hyman. I still don't want to give Hyman that type of money. Like, mm -hmm. if Two I bum knees, that, he's older now. Nah. If I want to take that $2 million and I have to decide whether you keep Hyman or yet Murner keeps that money, I'm giving it to Murner. Like, he's the young guy. He shows he's a deserved it. I'm, yeah. Everybody talks about the contracts because it's the, it's the thing to do. I don't care. But nobody's talking about Colorado and that they're coming up against some monster contracts and McKinnon's going to get paid big time. Or um, they lose them. Colorado, no one talks about them because they're not a a big hockey market like Toronto, but they're in, they're in trouble. That they've got a lot of prospects coming that are getting paid real, real good. Yep. So it's they've drafted true. well, unfortunately for them, hey. But yeah, you know what? They did, so that goes back Sack to it got it going on. You know, I, I don't know if I've ever brought this up to you guys, but I brought it up. My idea. I don't think it's fair for a team who drafts so well to have the same negative impact on their salary cap. So. Yeah, I agree. It's true. My, my, my idea is when Matthews and Marner and Nylander signed those second contracts, if you sign with your team that you were that drafted, drafted with, you. then I think you your cap hit should be 80% of what, versus if they had to sign that money with another team. Yeah, yeah. essentially, essentially a team is almost getting, we'll say, penalized for, draft for drafting and developing a great player. Yeah. So why... And I understand, like, obviously, if your team does crap the year before, you get that high pick, but that that's a reward. But then you're still going to end up kind of kicking yourself in the ass in two years when you have to sign a contract for that the, kid. The reason, or do you just say, shit, why... do we want to sign a superstar? Because, like, we're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Like, I know. It's I know. true. It's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah. The reason you'd never see the petty rule come in is because the NHL loves the concept of sharing the wealth around the league, too, right? Yeah, yeah and it's so bullshit. If you, if you had a team like... Detroit, who've drafted well over the years, the Leafs, who've drafted well recently, uh, if they were able to hang on to all their pieces, that wealth wouldn't get shared around, right? Bettman wants no. to see some of those players go to Arizona, go to the yeah, of course, markets. it and makes sense. It's it, just... do it does, but but it's just so unfortunate for the teams who draft so. But then again, if they draft if they drafted so well for two or three years in the top top ten, 
their picks they, the next three or four years. They, they were pretty be. bad for three or four years before that. But so, it's not even necessarily like I mean, Dubis goes out and finds these like diamonds in the rough sometimes, and not just Dubis. All other teams do it too. People who are drafted fourth, fifth, sixth overall, and they're on. You know, they're superstars at this point. They're like, wow, can't imagine, like, or can't can't believe. Like, I don't know. It's just, who know? I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think there a, should be a salary cap. I don't think boy. the salary cap should be a thing. Yeah, well, that's a whole. Well, you know what? Well, if you I can't afford to play, pay people. That's your yeah. team. Your team should. I don't know. I know there should I'd be like, like a rule in place that you can't abuse it, but I, I don't think it should be. I don't know. I don't know what it should be. It just shouldn't be what it is. <laughs> I would say watching hockey right now with a salary cap versus years ago when the Leafs would go and pay, I, I'd much prefer the way they're doing it now. They're, they're going through the draft because if, if there was no salary cap. You should swing them for home runs every year, yeah. Every it's year. true. It's yeah. true. You'd be, yeah. You'd Eric be just buying yourself cups. Year. You'd buy it's, yourself cups. It's, it's more parity in the league. Um, I like it. it. It makes things tougher. Um, I think the salary cap is for the middle tier players and below, like the, the salary cap is not a good idea for Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Cause those guys, if you look at the revenue, those, those names bring into their teams, they're worth mm-hmm. a lot more than that. They're, exactly. Than they're getting paid. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it shouldn't like, it shouldn't dictate the rest of the team because the you have is, to pay this not... person what he's worth and what he does and what he brings into this franchise and this everything like it's just yeah well, the people the people I feel who like are suffering should be is not austin better. matthews and connor mcdavid the guys who are suffering are the jason spezzas who got to yes hundred thousand to play on a good team just to play with the team that day like, yeah right. like, like that's the guys who are really like wayne simmons is worth more than he's getting paid jason jason spezzas is is, is a unicorn is, when it comes to the salary yeah cap. he's like, there's, worth there's not too many of those around he's playing at a half point per game pace all season yeah. and he's getting league men uh there's obviously more on the go behind the scenes than that in the future and front office jobs and all that kind of stuff that's undoubtedly going did to did you speaking of that sorry off topic mm-hmm. with Kylie here now Real. did you see um actually the quote today from him i think it was today i've seen it today um jason smith says something along the lines of he notices he's not noticing the players on the ice as much lately as he's noticing the people on the bench so he's starting to, yeah, he's like, I forget exactly how it went, but something like that. Um, yeah, how he's noti- he doesn't notice the people on the ice as much as he notices the people on the bench, as, as, as opposed to how he used to, I guess, view a hockey game. Yeah. Now he's more or less, he's, I guess, kind of hanging, probably listening to the, what the coaches are saying and trying to hang around with the coaches maybe more than the players. And it could, but, I don't know if it's age or it's just that's what he's more, well, he's leaning towards that. Perspective is a big thing. Yeah. Too. Like, he was a top tier player his entire career until he came with the Leafs. And even and now he's playing he's, at a, a, a good clip, but he's playing a completely different role. He's yeah. looking at the guys who are making the 700,000 now differently. Then he looked at the game before because he didn't really notice those guys. Those guys were in and out every other year, yeah, waiting for jobs. Now he didn't really care. He was on the second or first line on every team he played on, yeah. right? So now he's starting to notice those guys more, and 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 that's perspective and age, you know. And and, and I, I think too, like you probably noticed it in the uh, in the series, the docu series, that there's there was a couple times that him and Keith were kind of like bouncing ideas off each other, and like it was almost like, and what I thought was Keith was almost going to him for advice. Um, about to handle the situation with yeah like to ha- how to handle the situation remember he said I, th- I don't know if it was the matthew situation it was anyway some kind of situation that he was kind of afraid it was going to create some kind of maybe a little bit of a drama i forget what it was anyway you'll see it patty but yeah he's kind of he's they're on the ice and he's over kind of bouncing ideas almost i guess off spezza if yeah, i remember and he correctly. was planting the seed with spezza to start to get the conversation started yes that yes that's what it was that's what it was, that's what it was. spezza knew what, what his job was was to kind of okay let's here's what the coach wants i gotta start mm-hmm. parlaying this into 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 the room because that's yeah. my job as a leader um no it, again the series fantastic Loved yeah it. it was phenomenal but, uh, so who makes the team yes think, let's talk about that oh did you Again. I can tell you, um, I can tell you one thing. I, I always like taking a flyer, like just, and I don't mean a Philadelphia flyer. I mean, just a flyer as a, as a in the sense of a, a, a player that, that no one else would take. And one guy that stood out to me, as, he may as well have been on a pedestal in the last two or three games. Obviously everyone's talking about Hosang and, and bunting and I mean, they played well all 
preseason long, I've noticed Michael Amadio a lot. Yes. Me what too. a great little player, yep. man. I don't know anything yeah. about him. I, I, again, another guy I just don't, and I, and I got to do my homework because I don't know how old he is. I don't know where he came from. I don't. I just simply do not know. And all I do know is that he he does definitely could easily make a lower end team. Like the passes he's making, the plays he's making. Uh, he I will good tell you now, ends. Ryan, who he is. Yeah, please do because I. So he is actually twenty five years old. He's six one. Um, he let's see, let's go to his actual stats here. Okay, I he actually he came from Ottawa last year. It looks like he played last year. No, yeah, twenty twenty one. He played with Ottawa and he also played with L A Kings. That's where he played. Um, he was drafted in 2014 by LA, third round, 30th pick, 90th overall. And in, 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 um, for an LA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in, uh, he's actually from the Sioux. Oh, makes uh, sense. Um, yeah. So a hundred in 173 games played, he has 40 points, 28 penalty minutes, um, yeah, that's it. But those being 16 goals, 24 assists. And I mean, he did come from LA and Ottawa. So he played five games in Ottawa and had one assist. 20 games last year with LA. And, no, and he did the, not play. The, the, the kid's the kid skill set is certainly middle six at, 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 at worst. I, I'd love to see him in game action, NHL game action against NHL defensemen and see what he can actually do because he's made plays in the preseason that that uh, other players who are regular NHLers are not making. And, do they and the have him on a tryout? Too. What's that? Do, do they have him on a tryout? Mm. I, I don't think so. Let me see. Maybe. If, if there's two guys, I if I were on the lease right now, two guys that should be worried are, are Engvall and Mikheyev. Oh, man. The Engvall I, thing. I, don't get me started. Uh, I'm done with I, Engvall. I think yeah. Do you want to hear something really funny? Michael Amadio scored his first NHL goal against the Leafs. Well, yeah, but uh, I, see, I would have predicted that. Everyone has. Yeah, right? But no, he signed as a free agent with us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping so as I much don't know what he signed. It doesn't say. It just says he signed as a free likely agent. Likely a two-way deal with Demarley. Same as Probably, typical Leafs contract, yeah. right? Probably. But uh, man, oh man, has he impressed me. I think that one game he was playing on the line with him and Hosang and SDA, I believe it was a, anyway, I mean, SDA, I like anyway, that's, but he's, that's not new news. This Amadio kid is new news to me. And, uh, I thoroughly impressed. So like if I was, if I was putting together, looking for a guy so I could potentially put in my press box, you know, the, the next guys in he, him and Gusev, I think could possibly make that team and on the outside looking in, you know what I mean? Do you want me to tell you, um, I don't know if you've seen this because I'm on Twitter and I know you are just probably not as often as I am, but um, the, what they have done today, they have the guys uh, all split into two groups and we're thinking it might be uh, for the last two games that we have coming up. We have a back-to-back -back Monday, Tuesday, uh, yeah. Ottawa versus, in Ottawa and then Montreal. And um, so what they have, group one, we have Kerfoot, Camp, Cache, Cache, whatever it is. Um, then we have, great. He has been, yep. Then we have Bunting, Semenyov, and Hosang, Robertson, Amadio, Spezza. So that could actually oh, be a potential like fourth line. line. I like that too. Who was that again, Kylie? Robertson, Amadio, and Spezza. Uh -oh. Then we have Engval, Brooks, and Simmons. That could also be a line that we could very well see this year. And then as a, as an extra, there's Kopaka. I don't know who that is, um, but this is interesting. We have Mazen Hall, Sandine Dermott. Okay. I don't know if I like that as much as uh, I, I, maybe I, seeing I, him with, with Brody or someone different. But I don't like him and Dermott. I see them together last no, year. No, I don't like that either. Um, okay, so then group two um, is Richie Matthews Marner, Mikhaev Tavares Nylander, that excites me. Um, we can get to that in a second. But Gusev Abramov or Ab <laughs> Abramov, that's right. Yeah, that's how I would say it. But they were saying it different on TV the other day. But anyhow, um, and then Senny, and then Anderson, SDA, Gabriel, and then we have Riley Brody, and then Crawl Lilligren, and then there's a couple other defensemen. They're gonna have to make the team. Like, like you, you got you got Gabriel, Kash, Kashay, Bunting. Richie, 
with contracts. Kampf is everybody's raving over him. He's guaranteed number three mm-hmm. center. Um, I was going to share my screen, but I can't. You got Kervid playing in mm. your top nine. Mikhail playing in your top nine. Like, I'm excited to see Mikhaev actually get an opportunity with the guys. Like, I know last year, and, and it's, it happened a few times, they put him up, they put him back. They put him up, they put him back. And I was saying this in our last podcast, Patty, you weren't here, but I'll say it again, is it, it really got on my nerves last year when Keith would just keep shuffling the lines. Like, pick a pick an, a lineup for the most part and kind of stick with it. Like, I know you have to tweak it, and then there's injuries, there's this, there's that, but you're not giving them time to like create chemistry. So that's, I felt like that's what they should have been doing in preseason. And I guess maybe that's what they're doing right now to see some potential line matchups. They did say Matthews won't be playing though. Yeah. no, I'm That's what going. somebody said. Now, I don't know if that's I, actually uh, from like Keith or from the Leafs. That's from but... Keith. I seen Keith's post practice presser. It was just released yeah. not long before we come on the podcast. And he talked oh, okay. about, I think it's group one going uh, in the next preseason. But it is, game. that is what they're doing. Okay. Yep. They have them split up. And then he did say after Tuesday's game, they will make in cuts. Yeah. And uh, my question to you guys is, you either I'll leave this one to Kylie. Uh, my question is, of the all the names that we mentioned who are fringe players, the Gabriels, the Amadios, the Hosangs, mm-hmm. you know, all these guys who were in on contracts who didn't play with the Leafs last year, how many of mm-hmm. them are worse than Pierre Engvall? Uh, oh, you go first, Kylie. <laughs> Like worse than Pierre, not maybe Gabriel. Like I just because I haven't seen enough of them. You see the point I'm getting but, at here, right? Yeah, like we don't. I feel so much better about our depth, we'll say, than I did a month ago. Patty, you were you were you were, you were chopping at the bit. What do you got? What do you think? I there. I I think Gabriel makes the team. They he could but do whatever he wants in training camp. They they knew what they were bringing in. Mm-hmm. They want they wanted that presence. Um, uh, there will be moves made. I think Envol is gone, like for a prospect or something. I think uh, we should just for salary cap. You know, yeah. it, just, it just shows that we don't really need the guy, and especially where he was injured and he was he was missing, but no one kind of noticed yeah. that he was he missing. He was in guys. Don't don't bet. Don't. He don't wasn't there right. he, when he was on the ice. I mean, he scored what like five, six. I don't know what it was last year. It wasn't a big lot. But last he, year, he scored, when he I scored, do like him, but why? Like he's paid a bit of money, hey? Well, like 1. not 2. a lot. But yeah, like enough yeah. that they can be like, bye. Twice as much He'll as be shipped out, I think, before season starts. Like, yeah. I, I would really like, you know what you got in Engville? I'd really like to give a shot to Kashe. These guys have scored before Hosang. Uh, I'm more intrigued by these guys. Uh, they drafted he, him? I didn't even oh, yeah. know that. I had no yeah. idea. So that, that, that's what I hate is I feel like the Leafs try to hold on to those little bits and pieces that they – you know, had for so long. And it was a seventh round draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, seventh round, eighth pick, 2014. Wow, that feels like so long ago. Yeah, he's he's 25. I don't know. I didn't mean he's a great age. Yeah, I mean, he's great. And I mean, he was good for our team last year. Okay, let's see, 42 games last year, he had 12 points. Like 90 career games, he has 27 points. I mean, not bad for a kid who plays on like third or fourth line, but. Here's a stat that I don't think you know about Engvall. Every game he scored in last year, we lost. No way. You know what? That's so funny because I feel like he was always like, we would be losing like three to nothing or, you know, like it'd be, it'd be a couple game, be a couple goal lead and he would always score and be like, yeah, but we would never ever come back. You're so right. I bet you that. Is that actually accurate? Yep, look it up. No, I don't like that stat because wow. I just don't think. That's just a coincidence. That's a stupid stat is what you're trying it to is say. Very it is. Stupid. It's stupid, but like, no it's kind of funny. From one game to another. No. It just doesn't, unless someone can. No. It's just a coincidence. But it's a great argument like, if you don't like Envol. There has <laughs> yeah. to be a game that he scored in that we had won, though. Not last year. Every game. So those exact whatever goals it was, uh, 15, no, that's career, seven goals. We lost all of those games. We only lost like 12 games. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Well, so, a question for you. Your 12, your 12 forwards for opening night. Here's mine. Okay, yeah, do it. Ones. Matthews, Murder, Nylander, Tavares, Bunting, Richie. What's that? Six? six. I meant six, yeah. Uh, you got Kerfoot, Kemp. Uh, that's eight. You've got McKay out. That's nine. You've got Spezza as 10. Simmons will be in there as 11. 
then left over, you've got Kashi. I don't think he's in your opening tw- opening 12. Um, I don't think Gabriel's in your opening 12, opening night. Robertson could be. I you didn't say Mikheyev. Yeah, I did say Mikheyev. Did you I say Mikheyev? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brooks, as much as he deserves it, he, he's probably the one that's not going to be there. No. Um, and I, I think... I'm missing anyone. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm missing anyone, but that's probably... No. Who in the press box, I could see Kashe, um, Gabriel, um, Brooks. Jose. You missed him. Jose, yeah, Jose. Uh, Jose. I, I, don't, I don't foresee you seeing a guy who's got a PTO who he signed being in your opening 12. Because there's some optics around that too, I think. What happens with guys on PTOs? Like if we can we sign them and send them to the Marlies, but they're oh, yeah. NHL players, yep. so you can't. You they have to pass your waivers. Contract, right? and that's what's going to happen with Hosang. I I'm on board with Patty on almost all of it except Hosang. Hosang is going to get a contract with the Leafs, but he's not going to start in the NHL. He's going to very much develop himself and prove himself at the AHL level. Yeah, very much. That's that's my take. Uh, yeah, and I'd be fine with that. Like he's that's, he's that's in right that he played New Flans. Yeah. Yeah. So. Still did you so did you include Robertson in your opening night lineup or is he did, on the yeah. outside? I, I love seeing him there. I, the, I would the only, too, but the only reason I, why I don't see him there um is because they have an option to send him back to the AHL without without having to go without, through waiver. Exactly. I was thinking so, the same thing. I mean, he's only he just turned twenty in September. Yeah. And I feel like he's a kid his entire life, he was probably like always good and he was always the good one on a team and he knows he's good and that's why he has that confidence and i feel like being sent down last year is like you know messing with his head a bit right exactly and he got hurt in the playoffs too and we had him up in columbus did he not i'm pretty sure he got hurt then too i honestly don't think he's ready and not that i don't think he's ready i don't think he's mature enough yet if that makes sense. Like he, I feel like he's a type that might, might even get sooky. You know what I mean? And I, I could be totally wrong about him. I'm just, this is just what I'm kind of getting from his, you know, I don't know. I feel like if he's told no, it's was going to make him work like a dog, but I feel like he could almost get sooky where it gets in his head a little. And then I wouldn't mind him dominating the HL for a year either. And that's what I'm getting at. Look at Josh Norris in Ottawa. He played in the AHL, tore it up, gave him all the confidence in the world. Let Nick do that too. Because last year he didn't play that. He, I think I'm like, he has total 28 games or something between the AHL and the NHL total. Like he's not, he, and he's 20 years old and he just turned 22 weeks ago. I'm going to go on record as saying he got no business in the AHL. Personally, I I agree. Based on, based on what I've seen from the kid, even in the Boy. small sample size that we got, he skates as hard as anybody on the team. His heart is there. The work ethic is yeah, there. 100%. The skill set is amazing. He's got one of the hardest shots on the team. Yeah, he, he's he got hard sometimes. I don't know why. Yeah, he, he got that tenacity like him. to him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got that to him. Like, I I don't think he's gonna do you wrong in the lineup. Um, and then like Kashi has had a, other than the injuries, like he's. I don't know if he's had a 30 goal season, but I think he's had a couple of 20 goal ones. And I'm willing to bet that you're going to want to see what he's like out there. And he's not going to play nice. the line. I've been waiting until this point in the podcast to ask you guys this question because it's been stirring in my mind the last couple of days with the emergence of some quality bottom six forwards uh, that they've got on tri- either already on contract or on tryout. Does that make Alex Kerfoot that much more expendable at three and a half yeah. million dollars? Yeah. Oh, definitely. We're a cap team. Right? Yeah. And three and a half million, no matter how you slice it, is not bottom six money. Right? I, don't, I don't like, well, you know what? So that was the reason why they had to get rid of Kadri. I remember the year they signed Tavares, and I'll get to the curve for a point in a second. The year they signed Tavares, I knew it was, it was bad. Well, no, no, I don't think it was bad. Because I, I no, I just it, mean it was going to be like a ripple effect. Yeah. So, but coming so that, down through. That third line was supposed to be their differentiator. And they had Kadri in the middle with Merlo and Connor Brown on the wings. And that was supposed to be the differentiator. So most teams could go out and throw out, throw out a, a line that could play up against Matthews. Probably the top five or ten could throw out a really good second line to play against the Tavares line. But you're throwing out 
no one has a third line that could really match with Kadri, Brown, and Merlo. But they stunk, and all three of them were gone in no time for, for all different reasons. So to your point, and that's the reason why they were so expensive, especially when they were not contributing on the third line. I, I could see uh, – my biggest worry is that five, six pairing on defense. I don't know if I want to go into the season with a combination of Sandine and Dermott. It, it's probably how we're going to go into the season. I wouldn't want to go into the playoffs with, with that pairing. I could see Kerfoot being traded for a defenseman. Defenseman, yeah. I, I, I think you've got trade bait there. Kerfoot yeah, let him play, get a few ball. points, show him, show what he can do. I mean, he knows, he obviously has to know that, you know, we are up against a cap. You are paid a lot for a third, maybe fourth line winger or centerman. What he They actually have him on a wing today. So, I mean, that right there, his value already goes down being, being on the wing, if that's what you're going to play. But it's just, I was going to so say what? a few minutes ago when we were talking about Nick Robertson, um, as I feel like last year, the only reason why he even had a call up was because we had nobody else that was better than him to be called up. This year, we do. And that's another reason why I feel like we're going to see a lot of people sent back down. And hopefully being able, you know what I mean? Hopefully being able to keep Hosang or Gabriel or whatever extras we have that can be called upon before Nick Robertson. I think that's a part of the plan. So what is Kervit in? So my, my, my thoughts on Kervit, I wouldn't call him a scorer. I wouldn't call him a defensive gem by no means. Um, I don't I don't consider him a playmaker. That's I not, like, I put him in those categories. No. He's what? he's he's a great He's like a go go getter. No, I, like I'd a, call him I'd call him a checking forward. If yeah, like he's, a, he's line, not afraid to go in corners. I'd have no issue putting him on it because he's a quality penalty killer too. We can't yeah, take that. He is. You can't right? pay him three and a half million for that. No. That's, no. Nah. He's got one attribute, being able to play on the – he'll never play on the power play. No. He, he may get some time on the second line. They, they probably don't need him. Uh, he's not going to go into – I don't know. I, I like him, but not at that dollar value. Same I thing think with Connor Brown. Everybody says, oh, geez, Connor Brown would look good in Toronto right now. Well, I love Connor Brown. But <laughs> you can't pay him that, that amount of money no. for a third-line player. Yes, Just he played can't. great in Ottawa because he was getting the minutes. You would never get that in Toronto. No, you're right, and and that's 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 the the, the money pucks end of it. I mean, there, there are other teams that are that absolutely stink that are way under the salary cap where Kerfoot would look like a, a plausible two line center, yeah. second line center, and that's just and he's just not on our team. Our second line center is actually pretty good, right? Kerfoot. Um, in case you didn't know, sorry, yeah, it's three and a half, but he's also signed through uh, till the end of 2023, which also looks great for trade bait. You know what I mean? So, because he's not expiring or anything until the end of 2023. So, if you can package up Engvall and Kerfoot, move them off, you got to yeah. spare another 700000 to replace Engvall in the forward group, but that'll free up basically $4 million bucks for a bottom for a bottom pair defenseman. That's a good defenseman. That's a very yeah. good yeah. defenseman in your bottom pair. Yeah. I agree. So what is Ingval? Ingval <laughs> Subban, is yeah. one point two five. Um, I, I don't see the whole thing with him. I really don't. I. But uh, I mean, I'd give Subban a chance tomorrow. Yeah. Why I'd take anybody right now over honestly what we could potentially be going yeah. into the year with on that third pairing. You have to edit it part, but I actually like Subban and what you're all. Yeah, you're no Did longer you? welcome here. Yeah, get out. We don't even say that name on our on our channel, okay? I I I'd give him a I'd give him a shot. I really would. Um, but wanted to ask it you can't guys. happen now until the deadline. Speaking of defensemen, I wanted to ask you guys how or what did you think of Lilligren's performance? Lilligren, Lilligan, Lilligan. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Lilligren, I don't think has made any steps in the last three years. I, think well, I feel like he looks better. He looks better now than he did before, but it's still not like. I think you rely. You, know. you may be able to rely on him for he. If he's your sixth defenseman, he's getting six defenseman minutes. He's not getting a lot. No, uh, and it's it's kind of a sin because he needs obviously needs more time. Or that's he's why just he needs not to be with Marley's. He needs to be top pair with the Marley's and keep yeah. developing the kid because he's going to be a late bloomer. And he's going to be a How good player. Is he? How right? Old is he now? Uh, he's probably 24, 23, 24. He's Definitely, not old. Yeah. 
No, uh, no. And I mean, it's not every day you're going to have Kale McCarr coming right out of, you know, high school and oh, playing with your NHL teams. So, Timothy. That's Until Lilligren got mono. Oh, wow. He He's 22. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he he had he was supposed to be big going into that last season in Sweden. Uh, his draft year. Uh, mm. I think he got like mono in November. And he was, was done for the year. Even even after he got to Mano, he, they were still projecting him to be uh, top top, not necessarily top ten, but like 10, 12, 14 draft pick, and we got him at like twenty two or something. Yeah, so, uh, I can't remember. Seventeen. Exactly Seventeen. Yeah, he was projected to go much higher than we, like I remember Bob McKenzie saying, "Oh, this kid should have went up around eleven or twelve. He slipped, you know, a lot." Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's uh, he's only twenty two years old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you can't you can't toss that guy out yet. I think it just feels yeah. like it's been forever because he kind of came over right after right as when we drafted him right like we drafted him in 2017 he was playing in the marley's 2017 2018 season so it kind of feels like maybe oh, it's been taken forever but typically we draft a kid and then they, we don't see him for a couple of years so he just came right over right away god love him being mm -hmm. literally a child coming well, over to I'd our get, country i put him in the trade bait category I do. I so honestly would too. It just then that me. means we don't have we don't have nothing up the pipe. So for not, defense not me. prospects, I don't even like the kid, and I I I I don't. I just I can't stomach trading uh, first round draft pick defenseman in their early twenties. True. I just, True. It comes know. to bite us in the ass if we do, Ooh. or boy. goalies. Boy, boy, boy. I, I Timothy Lilligren has got a very interesting skill set. He moves the puck really well. He just he makes bad mistakes, bad decisions. But and I mean, that can be 22. honestly taught. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he doesn't make Jake Gardner bad decisions. He's not 25, 28 no. years old. He's 22. He's, he makes uh, inexperienced decisions. So exactly. I remember when training camp was here on the rock and I went and watched the very first uh, practice that they had. And I was like, who is the kid on the blue line? And when I got closer to the, to the rink, I was like, ah, Lilligren. Because he, his, his lateral movement along the blue line was as good as anybody you'll see. Like he, yeah. he, his lateral movement is just so fluid. Well, he skates like a Swede, right? I mean, the guy yeah, is just... They all so do. Good. They all look the same. Yeah, and and, uh, and he moves the same puck so well uh, in, in the offensive zone. Now, breaking it out and everything else, he's still got a lot to learn. He's he's He does make the odd mistake. He pinches when he shouldn't, you know. But, and again... That'll come, though, and he'll when, learn. When, when defensemen don't mature until they're 27 years old normally, he's still got five years of quality yeah. minutes to log. He's not going anywhere. I, we I don't just... have much other uh, than... The other kid that you were talking about earlier, what's the same again? The other defenseman yeah. we have, Niemela. Yes, the Emela. So that's well, all we really got in prospects in the defensive pool. And so the right, right shot. Thinking is, if you're a trade deadline and you, you're up against it, and you want to make another transaction like we did with Felino, because we got no more dra high draft picks left, uh, he's one of the guy. He's one of the guys that you, you've got to throw out there because. It's true. You know, I, I still don't want to get rid of Robertson or Sandine, of course. No, they're um, untouchable. I don't want to get rid of Amaroff, although he's, he, I don't know when he's coming over. Um, I, I, I think he's- He started he's, playing again this week, I think. Was that him I was reading about? No, never mind. Well, the never guy mind. who could have drafted Dawson Mercer is to turn up the preseason. Oh, yeah, he'll make was team. That, was I talking about Amira? Who was I reading about earlier? Amaroff, probably. Uh, Everyone gets so confused. No, but who was injured? Oh, that was was it Emmett? Yeah. Emerald, yeah. He had the wrist injury, I think. I think I was reading about him. Actually, yeah. hold on. It was right here. I just, I think Will Green could be on the, um, I, I think he's one of those guys that could be eventually gone. If they need some additional A-plus assets or B-assets to throw in a deal, because they don't have mm -hmm. the first-round picks left, um, I, th I think he could be it. And you know what? Realistically, is this Dubas's last year? If, if you don't do anything, I think he's in a win at all costs, possibly. Not at all costs, but I think you got two more years of Dubas. I, I maybe three because I think that ownership is not going to get rid of Dubas uh, while Dubas while Dubas's team is still playing, and Dubas's team yeah. is is this this youth group. I think that when Matthews and Mariners' contracts are expiring and they got to make the choice on who's staying, who's going. That's when the new GM will come in, make that choice, and offload yeah. and reload whatever needs to be done. I, but I wouldn't be one bit shocked either if this is his last season. They just extended Keith, so if they're extending Keith for two years, 
No, I mean you can fire a coach tomorrow if you're if you're Toronto. Yeah. On one day farm, the next it doesn't affect your your pocketbook at all. But um, it's a it's a sign of confidence in the coach. But now that came from the GM, his buddy. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I like Dubas. I think I think Shanahan likes Dubas and his vision and everything else. Um, it's going to be another interesting year to be a Leafs fan. What else can you say? Yeah. Um, it was Amirov. I was Amirov, Amirov, whatever it is. Um, it was him that I was reading about earlier. So he did return to play last week. He had broken his collarbone in the fourth game of the season with the KHL. He was actually in Toronto uh, during the offseason, and we had loaned him back so he could play with his KHL team. And apparently, according to this, um, and towards the end of the season last year, his ice time was diminishing, and a lot of Leaf fans online were pretty upset about it. I remember reading some tweets and everything. But anyway, um, so people, they're speculating because the Leafs, uh, you know, loaned him back to the KHL. It's reasonable to expect the Leafs to have, like, more influence on how he's going to be handled this season. And, like, his ice, you you, you guys are responsible for developing this kid. Play him. Yeah. Right? So they should be able, we should hopefully see him maybe by next year. Maybe even partway through the year if he tears it up in a KHL. Who knows? I'd be fine if they split up Muzzin and Hall. Match up Sandine with Muzzin and bring Hall down with Dermot. I feel more comfortable with that, but I really like the Muzzin-Hall pairing. Yeah, but they're not I'm not, the I'm, not uh, I'm not married to the Muzzin-Hall pairing. It's no, good. It's I actually effective. really like them together. The reason I like the Dermot-Hall pairing is because they played together for a uh, better mm-hmm. part of two seasons on the Marlies. Yep. Right? They're familiar and their with each other. Yeah, they get along well. I think I think it's a, it's a much better put it, put it this way. Those two pairings, as as Patty just laid out, are much better than having Muzzin Hall and the other yeah. two. In my opinion, by themselves. But there's a reason why. Sandine deserves more time. I think yeah. Sandine will be on the top. Will be our uh, he showed in the playoffs for those very few games that we played. But I'd be fine giving him the the power top play. power play minutes. Me too. I think that's Adam claims that's one of the big things that killed us in the playoffs is that Sandine got our power play going again and then they took him out and they put Dermot back yeah. in. And he thinks that's what killed. Like he was like, that's what ruined it. That's what made yeah. us lose. So. The gods killed us. I think so yeah. too. It just wasn't meant to be, just like the Blue Jays. It just was not meant to be. I always said everything happens for a reason. I've been saying that since I've been old enough to know what it means. And. Uh, it would have been too easy to walk to the cup final. Like, we can't do it the easy way. Right, and it had it's to be Montreal. Easy, right? No, it's going to be right. way harder than that. We're going to have to go through Boston, Tampa Bay. You know, we're going to have, we're going to have a, it's not going to be easy when we do do it. And maybe this no. year we do it. But on that note, guys, we're into like overtime. overtime. Forever. Let's do it. All righty. So uh, basically, we're going to shut her down. Uh, yep. Thanks to you guys for coming out. Uh, been itching to talk to you guys especially patty in particular I chatted with kylie mm-hmm. last week but getting patty on again to talk some uh some blue and white and uh, get us yeah. projections on the season always welcomed so thanks for coming out man thanks yeah. for having me oh no problem always. Sure you'll be back soon enough um but again there's more important people than patty phg sport uh they're out of ontario of course you'll check them out at your local costco uh they do the costco road show and they also have a showroom in whitby so uh Check out those guys. All hand signed merchandise. That's where the pros sign PHG Sports. You can get them at phgsports.com or on Facebook. Also, if you're interested in more DSC content, our content is all on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash uh, Um On Twitter at SellyDeek. And of course, our YouTube channel. Our audio feeds are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And our, our audio is going uh, going really well actually keep it up yeah keep listening guys keep it in the subscribe button uh but yeah uh visual or audio you take your pick pick your poison but on that note guys let's shut her down so uh peace out bye